wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Today's episode of Locked on Royals is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Let's get it going on the Locked on Royals podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And baseball is finally back, so let's continue to preview this season with Kansas City star beat writer Lynn Worthy. Lynn, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. How, how's it been in quarantine as a, as a beat writer for the star? I mean, have you missed going out to the ballpark and doing your normal activities that you would be doing right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, I mean, we, it's been I'm trying to think, what is it? It's three, three and a half months or something like that, I guess, since leaving Arizona and, and not knowing exactly what it was going to be from that point on. And, you know, um, think when we left you know I had maybe a handful of stories that I knew I would probably do and then you know try and figure it out from there and um it's been yeah like I said I guess it's three and a half it's mid-March so yeah I guess it's you know three months or whatever and uh you know it's been um a lot of things that aren't directly related to baseball but trying to keep a pulse on what's going on with the organization and so it's uh it was definitely a welcome sight to see the baseballs starting to come back. I mean, how weird is it that, you know, on, on the 4th of July, there's not going to be baseball being played? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be weird. And uh, I, was, I was thinking back to last year, because if I remember right, we were actually in Canada on the 4th of July last year because the Royals were playing Toronto, uh, the Blue Jays. And so it was Canada Day. I think it was a long series. So I want to say Canada Day, we were still there. Uh, we were definitely there Canada Day. I remember that because I remember all the stuff going on at the ballpark. But I think we were still up there for um the fourth of july or maybe yeah i think they i think it extended to the fourth of july i don't remember being in kansas city for the fourth of july so i don't know if that was i came back on the fourth or or what but yeah it's uh it's weird that there's going to be no baseball going on anywhere um at least not the major league level this year so whenever we talk about the season we've obviously got to start in this place of covid and we are seeing spikes around the nation right now uh, and the MLB is not doing a bubble the same way that the NBA is and the NHL is looking at doing a bubble as well. How confident are you that this season starts? And then if it does start, how confident are you that it finishes? Um, I think it'll start. I think just because um, I think they're, you know, it's not that it's, a, it's three weeks away. So I, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that it'll start The finish. I'm, I'm a little more uncertain on just because um you know, they're because they are traveling, because you're dealing with, you know, scenarios in so many different states, different parts of the country. Um, the finish part is something I think is a lot less predictable because um, if, you know, a lot of players get it or if a lot of players from one team get it and, you know, you're 
you don't you run into a situation where you know you can't really um, play games because a certain team can't play or you don't have enough players. I mean, and they got a lot, they they've tried to come up with contingencies for all that because they've got you know a thirty player pool of guys who won't even be on the active roster um, to start the season. But um, I still think there's just uncertainty because of you know the cases spiking in all these different areas and, and the fact that they're not going to be isolated. So I think they will start. Um, it's just the finish that I'm. Uh, a little more skeptical about. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm not like Buster Only, who thinks that there's like a 5% chance to start, he said, and a 0% chance to finish. I think that they're going to get this thing started or else they wouldn't have agreed to it, you know, to terms. Uh, but you're right. I mean, once we move down the line here and get into, you know, those October months, I mean, I, I don't know how, you know, this goes off without a hitch uh, throughout now to October. Uh, but it very well could, and we'll see. And like I've said on this podcast, I mean, for you and I, we've just got to talk about baseball until they tell us not to, until they tell us there's not a season. And if they do tell us that, then there's a bridge to, to cross once we get to that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's going to be interesting just because it's, you know, um, I don't know what, what they – I mean, if it's some of those – I don't think you can really do a delay. I think if you stop, then it's got to just stop. So I don't know. Um, because, you know, they, they already knew that they were up against it in terms of, you know, like they wanted the regular season to end at a certain date to make sure that they got a chance to do playoffs because they were expecting it to get worse after that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And um, I don't know what sort of adjustments you can make in season if things got bad, um, but it will be, you know, definitely something to keep an eye on. So going back to spring training, Mike Matheny was there. And, you know, uh, what was that like being around Mike Matheny and being around this club? I mean, what was maybe some differences between him and Yost? And maybe just what have you witnessed from just him personally as an isolated person? You know, what was his style? What was something that popped to you from Mike Matheny? Um, I think the, the, one of the big things was just uh, he, he was always – it seems like he always had this air of um, – um, positivity around him about, you know, his real upbeat, um, just in the way he interacted with the media, but also that's the same message that we got from players. Um, and that's from before spring training started, uh, when he talked to folks in the off season and then into spring training, as far as the way he dealt with players, um, and that positivity. And then also just, he seemed like he was, he was really trying to be involved in a lot of different things. I mean, like we see him out there on the fields, watching pitchers throw from, you know, behind them on the field, he'd be involved in some of the uh, rundown drills. Um, just, he, he seemed like he was in a lot of different places um, during camp, at least uh, when we were in Arizona. Um, and I think he, he was definitely involved in sort of trying to get into the um, the psychology of, you know, dealing with the players on an everyday basis. And this is all, you know, new players for him because he was really removed from the big league clubhouse and the big league team when he was, you know, an advisor last year. So, I mean, whether that's the, um, you know, recommending books, um, talking about leadership, um, those sorts of things. Um, you know, some of the players, I mean, obviously he's, uh, faith is a big thing for him personally. And I know there's players that have connected with him and on those grounds. So, I mean, like there's, um, it seemed like he was really forming those connections with players in multiple different ways and trying to really get to know them, but also connect um, uh, and find, get a feel for them in terms of their psyche, um, just in the time that we're around them in spring training and uh, from what we hear um, going back to the off season too. So, you know, being around the team, you probably have a better sense than I did. I wasn't at spring training, but, you know, on, 
looking at this Royals team in January, I called this team, you know, last year's Texas Rangers. And the Rangers last year after 60 games were in the playoffs, and then they ultimately finished 78 and 84. Now I was saying that in January before we knew about the 60 game season thing, uh, but it got kind of reaffirmed to me that they can be this kind of team whenever they got to spring training. And then you saw guys like Stomont, Rosenthal, uh, you know, O'Hearn, McBroom, you saw guys kind of, um, playing better than expected. Uh, and to me, I think that, you know, the Rangers from last year are a good comparison uh, for this Royals team. But being around the team, what, what's kind of your sense of this season? I mean, uh, what kind of feeling and vibe did you get being around the team of what they're trying to accomplish this season? Well, and the interesting part is, or I guess the, the, um, the thing that's going to be sort of feeling out is, you know, how much does that change or shift at all? Because you've had three months in between and now you're restarting again. But I think at least the first time around, um, the sense was that they felt like they, they could do better than, you know, what they did last year and probably what some people had projected them as. I, felt, I think they felt like they were a better team um, than maybe, uh, you know, what maybe some expectations of them, outside expectations of them were, um, especially because you're talking about getting some guys back healthy. So the, the addition of Salvador Perez, they felt like they had a, a longer lineup than they had last year where it points last year I think you know the seven eight nine spots in the lineup had just really struggled and you just really weren't getting anything out of them for stretches last season they felt, felt like this year with Salvi back with Soler um, having established himself the year before with um, potentially Mikhail Franco in there at third base and um, with Mondesi ideally healthy um, you know that that lineup gets lengthened out a little bit um, with Dozier, you know, moving into the outfield some, and you know, and if you can get what you think you can find, you you finally have been seeing in spring training out of you know uh, O'Hearn and McBroom. So they felt like the lineup was going to be longer, um, more productive. Um, the pitching was still going to be like they felt the build, bullpen was definitely stronger. Um, the starting rotation was you know they had the four spots that you knew you got had guys penciled into, but you weren't sure. Um, what that fifth spot was going to look like. So I think there was there was optimism. There was a feel that they were going to be better than what people expected. Um, I just don't know how this uh, this hiatus uh, changes that, if at all, and if that you know if uh, this second time around with spring training and guys trying to you know build back up and get back into the swing of things, if that you know throws anybody off of the track they were on. One way to stay on track and on the road is by visiting RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. 20 years ago, you probably still had dial-up internet and you did not know how to work your email, but you could have been buying auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers right online at rockauto.com. Listen, there's no point in going to a chain link auto parts shop. There's just absolutely no point. You're going to walk in there. They're going to ask you a lot of questions that you don't have the answers to. And then they're going to type on their computer, send you right back out the door and upcharge you 30, 50, or even hundred percent for the same part you can get at rockauto.com for a lot cheaper. It's a very easy to navigate website. Go to, go to rockauto.com, tell them lockdown sent you and how did you hear about this box and they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com has an amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we're looking at this wacky 60-game season right now. Do you think that this Royals team can put together a run? Because I think that 
you were going down the line there. I think that they have a competitive lineup this year, which they didn't have last year. I think that if you call up these young pitchers, uh, your pitching staff automatically gets better. And then you get a couple surprise bullpen pieces from a Rosenthal, from a Stomont. Uh, and, and this team is capable of being a wild card level team, especially considering the central competition in both the NL and AL uh, relative to, you know, some, someone like the Rays playing in the NL East and AL East. Uh, you know, I think that in a 60 game stretch here, uh, the Royals could be competitive at least throughout the season, if not being a wild card team. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the, uh, you know, I mean, well, first of all, just the 60 game part of it. I mean, I feel like if you, you've got to be, you know, you got to have some real problems or be a, a really bad, you know, major league club to go into 60 games and things that, that you don't have a chance to start with. And so I don't feel like the Rose are in that, uh, in that group where you just look at it and say 60 games, you can't compete. I think they definitely feel like they should be able to compete. Um, and you look at the, you know, like you said, the central division, you know, you, you stay away from some of the powerhouse teams or what is, you know, expected to be powerhouse teams. Um, when you talk about, you're not going to get the East, so you won't get the, the Rays and the Yankees. You won't get the, um, the NL East team, whether it's the Phillies who have, you know, a lot of talent, but, you know, um, and added pitching to in the offseason. Um, you don't get the West. You won't get the Dodgers. You won't get the Astros. So, I mean, I, I mean, not to say that there's nothing in the Central, but I feel like they probably should match up pretty well with the teams in the Central. Um, so I think, and then in a 60 game season, you know, it's a matter of some of these guys who you feel like are on the, the, the cusp of maybe, uh, coming into their own, like an O'Hearn or somebody like that, or maybe what people have seen in small doses with the five tools. Um, that's, uh, uh, so I feel like that you feel like with those types of guys, if they can get hot for, you know, it doesn't even have to be extended stretches. If they can get hot and they can, um, you know, have, you know, a, a two-week stretch that's, you know, maybe more than what you expected from them or maybe what you expected from them but you hadn't seen in the past, that can really, you know, have a big impact on a season that's only 60 games. So have you heard anything on the timeline of, of Brady Singer, these young pitchers, or, or do you personally have a timeline in your head of when you would expect to see uh, specifically a guy like Brady Singer who was still in big league camp at the time that everyone broke camp and left for coronavirus uh, and, and is obviously on the 60-man roster and everything, but do you have a sort of feeling or a gut feeling on when uh, Brady Singer will be called up to the big leagues if it's going to be this year? You know, I, I, when we were in Arizona, I felt like he – because he was supposed to pitch, he was actually – um, going back to before we left, he was supposed to pitch the uh, the day before the um, the spring training got suspended. He was supposed to pitch in Goodyear against the Indians, if I remember right, but that got rained out. So then he got pushed back. He was going to pitch in relief the day that uh, against the Mariners at spring training got wiped out altogether. Um, but I was, and I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I thought that it might be the last time that we saw him in camp that he'd probably start the, he might go over to the minor league side and start um, the season in AAA, but um, I don't know if how much of that is still applicable now because it's a 60-game season. Um, I mean, he's still not, you know, those guys that they put in the 60-man pool, I mean, they're still not um, on the 40-man, so, I mean, that's just a, a roster move that would have to get made. But um, right now they're not on the 40-man. Um, I'm not sure what they want to do with that fifth starter spot. Like, they still have talked about, you know, um, being creative and different things, which mean, which makes you think that opener is still a possibility, and they've talked about that, or they did back in uh, Arizona. Um, what that means is they, they think, you know, a guy like Singer, you know, you put him in that role and get him uh, – get him get his feet wet, get the innings in this year in this uh, sort of 60-game sprint, and then have him, you know, 
ready to compete for a spot in more of a full-time basis next year going to spring training. Um, so I'm, I, I would have said he's probably not going to start the season with the team uh, if they had a regular, you know, the a normal type season. This year, I think it's probably, um, I, don't know, I, I guess right now I'd probably put that 50-50 that, he, you know, maybe he's um, on that opening day roster. I'm just not sure, you know. And then and you, got, you got extra spots to work with on the opening day roster now too because you have 30 guys. Um, I think the one thing I hear a lot of people talk about just, you know, oh, well, maybe you have some of these young guys in the bullpen. It's just um, they were guys – when we were in spring training, we were trying to figure out how they were going to fit all the, the guys that they had as bullpen arms in that bullpen with the number of spots they had. So I don't know if I'm, uh, if I would just assume that Singer or Coar or any of the other guys is going to be um, just sort of shoved into the bullpen so that they can, you know, pitch innings this year. Cause I think they have bullpen guys that they're not really sure how they're fitting all of them and uh, on the roster this year, especially, you know, there's 30 guys to start, but they will get whittled down. So you'll still have a 26-man roster. You just won't have it until after the first month. So the 50-50 was interesting. So if I, if I had to – if I made you bet on this, and, and I, let's say eight games into the year whenever Brady Singer will not lose a, a year of control from the Royals, eight games into the year will he for sure be in a Royals uniform on game day? Um, I don't know if I could say for sure like the eight games. I mean, I – I would think, like, if you said, is he going to pitch in the game this year, bet on that. I would say I probably would bet that he pitches mm-hmm. in the game this year. I just don't know um, how to predict it, especially since, you know, you still you do still have wiggle room early in the season, you know, not just the, whether or not you're worried about losing um, service time, whatever else, or, but just the idea that you, you, know, you could carry extra guys and maybe get away with uh, some other things, you know, so I don't know. Uh, if I want to say eight games, I mean, that's, that's, there could be a lot of things that factor into that. But this season, if I was to say this season, does he pitch at this point? Um, I'd probably bet that he does at some point. So what are your expectations for the Royals being around this team and then looking at the 60 game season? What are you looking at for Kansas City this year? Um, it's obviously going to be a very different season, but I would think with this, the way the season is going to be this year, um, I would think they'd be competitive coming down the stretch. I mean, to be in the mix. I mean, I don't know if, you know, if I would predict that they should be winning the division or anything like that. I don't think that's really an expectation that you you would say they should win the division. That's what you expect them to do. I don't think that's realistic, but I'm not saying that's way out of the question. I'm just saying that I think they should be in the mix for a playoff spot. Um, You know, if certain guys, I mean, if guys underperform, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's just sports in general. Guys have to perform, then you won't be in the running. But um, I think them being in the mix for a playoff spot would not be out of uh, the question at all. I think that would be a good season for them. I mean, I, I mean, um, again, the season's going to be very different. So, but if they're around 500 and they're, you know, and they're playing against the central teams, I mean, I would think that they've got a, a really good chance to be better than, you know, the Tigers. And maybe, I don't know how the Chicago's uh, pitching is going to shake out. And Cleveland obviously gave up some pitching this last uh, couple of years, but it's still a good ball club. But if they're right in the middle there with those teams, um, I would think that would be a, a decent season, a decent expectation for them. And then coming down the stretch, you know, again, like we've been talking about the 60 game season, if somebody gets hot, somebody performs better than you think. If you're, you're able to get more out of some of these guys than you expected, especially in the short burst like this, then um, maybe they're, you know, uh, a team that's looking to make a run for playoffs. So 
I, I think that this question becomes more interesting now, obviously, in a 60-game season, because uh, you mentioned if certain things happen, what do you think would have to happen for the Royals to make the postseason in the 60-game season? Would it be, you know, getting a huge year out of O'Hearn? Would it be getting a huge year out of Mondesi and staying healthy? Uh, what are some key points that you look at right now and say, if this happens and that happens, they've got a pretty good shot, considering the, considering the, the teams that they're going to play in their division, they've got a pretty good shot to be a wildcard team if, these, if this all unfolds this way. Mondesi being healthy is definitely one of them, um, just because, you know, he, he can add so much with it between speed, um, power, um, playing shortstop every day. Um, and then also just um, I think the, the pitching and, I mean, in normal season I'd say starting pitching, but I just don't know what starting pitching is going to look like this year because, you know, you guys may not be going deep into games. Um, you know, because of uh, the way that they've got to build back up and the fact that it's such a short season. So um, so I, I guess just overall pitching, because I think they may do some things where, you know, you might see some some relievers coming out uh, of the bullpen fairly early in games um, to to take over and uh, the bullpen trying to carry it through. But um, I think modesty being healthy, um, you know, Salvi being able to stay healthy because, again, he's been, you know, it's more than a year now off of Tommy John, but we still haven't seen him playing a game. And it's still, you know, um, you sort of take it for granted that he's going to be back and be healthy. But, you know, him being able to um, come back and be the sort of player he was before uh, and stay healthy through a season. Um, get, you know, similar type production, which you saw, and it's going to be hard to sort of judge just because of the shorter season. But from guys like Dozier, Solaire, you know, um, who obviously picked up a lot of the offensive load last year but you know for them to continue um, would definitely be a big part of that and then um, again the pitching like I said to be able to get consistent pitching because that was one thing last year you know you saw guys maybe have flashes good starts good outings and then um, you know couldn't keep that couldn't string you know two three four of those together so if they're able to have good pitching consistently um, from starters to bullpen and however you want to break that up um, that's you know that's a that's a must have. So um, in general, I guess it's it's health and uh, uh, pitching, and then um, guys not having fall off. You know, guys who were uh, big parts of what they, you know, what people saw and were encouraged by last season, not having drop off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make you bet again, and I don't want to turn you into a sports gambler or a degenerate here, but I I got this question uh, uh, from a fan, and I I really have trouble betting it myself. So I want to get your take on this. Jorge Soler over under 18 and a half home runs. Uh, 18 and a half home runs in a 60 game season. Well, shoot, I'm trying to remember what did he have last year. I think just against the. Just against the Tigers, I want to say he had something like eight, or he might have had more. He might have had eight or something in that neighborhood. I want to say just off the top of my head against the Tigers, and maybe it's more than that. I can't remember, but I know he had a lot against the Tigers. So, um, and you're going to be facing a lot. And I think he he hit something ridiculous against the division last year. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So, um, but in theory, more protection in the lineup too. Um, Eighteen and a half seems like it's a pretty good number, but. 60 games. Uh, I guess, guess, heck, why not? I'll go over that's, just that's to be optimistic. <laughs> be optimistic and go over, I guess. Life's too short to take the under. I mean, might as well just <laughs> yeah. take the over. Well, the, the one thing that sort of, you know, it's all sorts of things you can think about, but um, 
just because pitching will be so different, like, you know, we've talked about the Royals maybe using their pitching a little bit different, the bullpen a little different. In a 60-game season, you know, um, if starters aren't going deep, then it's not getting that second, third at bat off of a starter. You might be seeing a lot of bullpen arms throughout the season. So it just uh, changes that dynamic um, as opposed to being able to really study start uh, starting pitchers, which is one thing that he excelled at last year, and be able to get them, you know, be able to catch up with them. Like you get them once, maybe, you get them twice, maybe. And the third time, you know, out of three times, he's going to have some success against guys. So you might not get that uh, this year. So that's the one thing that made me hesitant a little bit. So I've got to end this. This has been awesome, Lynn. I appreciate you joining. But I've got to end this with something that I'm sure you've been asked before and I'm sure you've thought about a lot recently. But this season, will it have an asterisk by it? Um, I don't I don't think the season itself will. I mean, I think everybody's going to be able to – I mean, and the other thing is it's, it's a shorter season. So, I mean, the stats won't really be comparable. I mean, I guess the one thing would be if somebody – you know, was to to hit 400, and that would be something that, you know, would be um, obviously did in 60 games as opposed to 162. So that would be, you know, I'm sure there'd be a lot of discussion about that because that wouldn't quite, that definitely wouldn't be the same. Um, but the season itself, I mean, I try to think back to, you know, like the NBA had a shortened season, wasn't nearly as short um, proportionally. Um, and yeah, was that 98? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and 2012. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you in fact there. Uh, yeah. But, well, I mean, well, the thing is, is yeah. the the reason that the reason I was thinking of that one is because like people don't, I don't think people really say, well, that Spurs title because Spurs won that year. I'm pretty sure it was mm -hmm. like it's not that that Spurs title wasn't a legitimate one, but the other ones they have were legitimate. I think they just count that one in with the rest of them. So I think yeah. as time goes on, it'll just get you know whoever you know has good season good had a good season will get counted in with um the rest of their good seasons or bad seasons or whatever i don't think it would be um like i don't think somebody's gonna say well that championship doesn't count and i think whoever wins a championship you know if the you know the 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 yankees won a championship then it's gonna be added to their total and people just chalk that one up as another one they won or um whatever i mean i don't <laughs> i don't think anybody's putting an asterisk next to any of what the uh uh, or at least not officially put an asterisk next to anything the Astros have done these last couple of years, even though we know there's a uh, reason to raise eyebrows about those now. So um, I think it'll get, you know, people will remember it as a shortened season, but I don't think it'll be, you know, knocked. I think the one thing is individual statistics will obviously be different just because, you know, you won't have enough time to pile up the actual like counting stats, but um, the the average type ones may be a little bit be viewed differently and probably should be. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. I mean, if, say, Mike Trout did go on a massive run, he's you know the best player in the sport, I mean, it would kind of be like LeBron in 2012. Whenever they did play a shortened NBA season, he wins his first title, and no one looks back and says that, you know, yeah, he has two championships, but one, you know, he's three, but one was in a shortened year, so he only has two now. <laughs> so I, I think that in the moment, you know, we can say stuff like, you know, about asterisks, but I think that on down the line, this season will just turn into um, a story and not really an asterisk. You're always going to tell the story of any season. Uh, and so this season's story happens to be 60 games, uh, but there won't be any decrediting of a World Series champion, I don't think. No, like I said, especially as time goes on, I think it'll just get lumped in with the other things that happened in that, you know, period of time. Um, so I don't think, you know, I mean, I guess that the, the one thing that maybe throws it off is if a team that, you know, is just wasn't considered a championship contender randomly wins it and then drops off the year's, after that, then maybe it sort of gives adds more of a fluke type element to it. And maybe it does stand out a little bit in people's minds because it's like, well, that team was 
wasn't a contender before that and wasn't able to sustain it after that. And the time that they were able to take advantage was the 60-game season. Maybe that changes the way people view it, but um, I think that maybe that's the only case. Lynn, this was awesome. I really appreciate you hopping on Lockdown Royals. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter and they can find your great work at the Star. Yeah, it's uh, it's L Worthy Sports on Twitter. It's at L Worthy Sports, and then obviously on the uh, at the pages of the Kansas City Star. If you're still getting the print uh, copy, but also on KansasCity.com, um, and then we also have a, a Facebook page. It's just Royals coverage. It's um, uh, I remember a True Blue, and then there's a True Blue app as well that you can get at the App Store. So we've got if you're just looking for Royal stuff, we've got plenty of places where you can just find that but also you know we've got plenty of sports coverage all the local sports scene great columnists great feature writers videos all that sort of stuff on kansascity.com for royals and everything else well this has been great it's going to be awesome to read your work can't wait for the season to get started thanks for having me it was a great talk be good and be good to one another we'll see you next time on locked on royals